Hello, my lovely friends. I just want to give a heads up that we will be talking about some sensitive topics on the episode. By no means am I going into detail, but I do want to give that slight warning that there will be mention of topics such as miscarriages and violence against women. Just in description of the Iranian protests, I do not go too deep into detail about it. There's also talk about violence against people of color. Again, this is more of a talk or a conversation, not so much details of what happened. But I just wanted to let you guys know ahead of time before the podcast started. So in case you aren't in the headspace to even discuss it or listen to it, by all means, you can skip over it. And I will put timestamps on each topic. I will say that the sister wives topic does talk about the miscarriage and we'll talk about gaslighting and mental abuse. Again, not in depth, but there is mention. So If you want to skip those sections or skip this episode altogether, note her feelings whatsoever. I'd rather you take care of your mind, body, and spirit than try to give me a listen. It's completely fine if you don't. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Welcome back, my loves, to the five people that have been listening to this podcast and supporting me. Thank you so very much. This is not the beginning of a new season just yet, more of a catch up after two years, just to say hi. I think what I'm going to do is release episodes bi-weekly, so like every two weeks, or maybe monthly. To be honest, life has been kind of crazy. I'm working, I started school, I'm trying to get on that honor roll so I can get grants and scholarships to pay for grad school. More of that in a minute. And I've been a bun mom. My baby is three years old and so cute as always. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what happened. I also just got a little stressed out recording and talking about a lot of the serious and heavy topics that I was talking about on the last few seasons. I believe I left off with body positivity and before that we were talking about Black Lives Matter being an ally. Are we doing too much in canceling people and canceling things in response to the reaction of George Floyd and the deaths of you know, Breonna Taylor and other people of color that don't necessarily make the news. So I needed to take a break, but let's catch up because I like catching up with all of you lovely people that decide to listen. Uh, Let's just do some housekeeping. Again, the format is going to change on the podcast. I haven't decided if I am going to create a new name for it, but there will be a new theme song. The format will be different. I will have guests. Uh, No one's super duper like famous, but they're very amazing people that I get to call dear friends. So we get to have interviews and chats about different topics. 
that's as much as I want to give right now, but I'm really excited about the new direction that will come up in 2023. I don't know how that's going to be released. I need to give myself time and patience and grace and a schedule that's consistent for myself. So it might be a bi-weekly release. If it's a two-parter, what I'll probably end up doing is creating the two-parter or like a three-parter all together. And then I will release those weekly and then it'll be two weeks from the last release. So For example, let's say that I'm doing a three-part series on domesticated rabbits. After part three, there will be two weeks, but parts one through three will be released weekly because I hate that thing of waiting so long for another part to drop. I hate the to-be-continueds that don't come within the week of release. So that's what I'm going to do with the different parts. But yes, it'll probably be more of a bi-weekly type of situation. And that's as much as I'm going to give away right now. But I am really excited about how this is going to take on. If you've noticed me recording about branding and design as much as I do it, and I do love talking about it, I just couldn't pump out enough content for it to make sense. So I'm not going to necessarily say goodbye to it. It will come up. It's just part of who I am and what I've been doing over the last 12, 15 years. But it's not going to be the sole focus. Think of more human interests, social issues, history, pop culture, all of that stuff just combined. So if you talk to me on a daily basis, it's literally like having the most random conversation with me. And speaking on that, let's see what's happened between the last time we chatted and today as of September 29th, 2022. Um, Well, Roe versus Wade was overturned. We love that. Not really. So uh, the Supreme Court decided that we don't need to keep up with Roe versus Wade, which was just supposed to be a blueprint anyway. Um, to develop more access to abortion and healthcare because abortion is healthcare. And we didn't do anything about it. And now it's too late. And states like Texas, Florida, Mississippi have the strictest abortion laws. It is, it's ridiculous. Um, hopefully, I guess if there's a plus side to all of this, is that this will push people to flip these states. So currently, right now, at the time of recording, Beto is running against Abbott. If you look at polls, which I don't, I learned my lesson in 2016, polls don't really tell the whole story. So yes, Beto is a little bit behind, but I'm looking at the turnout of everybody And honest to goodness, I feel like between Uvalde, which was a terrible school shooting that happened um, a little bit outside of San Antonio, where 19 children and, oh gosh, two, three teachers died. And there's a whole situation with that I just don't want to get into because it's too sad and it makes me angry. And then I start crying. Um... I believe that and the abortion ban laws that are just so strict that no one really agrees with anyway will help push Texas to flip a little bit closer to the blue side. So we'll see. Um, What else has happened? 
got COVID. I'm so mad. But that's okay, because I was vaccinated, so it wasn't too terrible. I actually get my fourth shot tomorrow, September 30th. So I'm getting my booster booster shot and a flu shot. We'll see what happens if I'm like super sick or if I just feel superhuman or if I gain another arm. I'm waiting for this third arm that people are warning about because I have a lot to do and a third arm would be super helpful. So let me know if you got a third arm from, you know, getting the vaccine and which one you got and I might have to switch it up or something. I don't think that's how vaccines work. But anyway, yeah, got COVID. Luckily for me, it wasn't super terrible because I was vaccinated, but I did cry because I got COVID and I felt bad for the for the doctor. <laughs> so like I ended up crying. I was like, I'm so sorry. But luckily I haven't gotten COVID since. I haven't tested positive since. So yay, science and vaccines and stuff. I'm about to hop onto wearing a mask again because I've been kind of lackadaisical about it, but yeah, I think it's time, especially with flu season coming up and everything. And now it's cooler outside, so all the fun people are going out, taking walks and things. It's just going to be great. Ah, all right. Uh, the queen is dead, which is so weird to me. And P.S., they are mowing outside as I'm recording and I can't escape. So if you hear the lawnmower, I'm super sorry. Anyway, the queen died. That's sad. But I mean, she was 96 years old. She was a queen since before my mom was born. So, you know, she had a good life that dealt with colonization of different countries. So, you know, yay. But it's really funny to see how Australia and a lot of other people part of the Commonwealth are like, we're about to peace out. Because we don't, we don't deal with King Charles. We just, we just, we don't do King Charles in this piece. So we'll see what happens with that other pop culture news. I don't know. Oh, Adam Levine allegedly sent inappropriate messages to people that weren't his wife. And the people went on TikTok and were like, look at this message Adam Levine sent me. It doesn't seem to be anything super terrible. It's not a cancelable moment, but it is a moment that we all get to make fun of. But if you've been listening to Maroon 5 since Songs About Jane or even Kara's Flowers, I mean, is it shocking? Because it's not shocking to me. It's not shocking at all. Um, oh my gosh, this lawnmower. <sighs> Hold, please. Oh God, okay, I think we're good with the lawnmower, so let's continue. Yeah, Adam Levine sent inappropriate messages to people who aren't his wife and mother of his about to be three kids. If you listen to the songs about Jane, I mean, are we really that shocked? No? Okay, so we're done with that. Do you know that people are putting NyQuil on chicken? Like NyQuil had to send out a whole thing saying, please don't put NyQuil on chicken. I just don't understand. There are places from Dollar Tree to like Whole Foods that sell seasonings, all kinds of seasonings. And you said, you know what? I'm going to go and get NyQuil. NyQuil, which is not even the best tasting medicine. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to put anything on your chicken, you know what? Don't put medicine on your chicken. Why are you doing that? 
I don't know where this trend came from. Maybe it's my old age, but like back in my day, we used seasoned salt in lorries. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I do not get it. Um, yeah, speaking of putting NyQuil on chicken, NASA stopped an asteroid from hitting Earth. Apparently it was some kind of test, like we're in Armageddon, minus the Aerosmith banger. Don't want to miss a thing. You know, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. I've been looking at the world since at least 2015, and I feel like if an asteroid decides to hit Earth, it'll be the Control-Alt-Delete that we'll need, you know? It's that plug and replug that we'll need, you know? So NASA, like, maybe let's, let's, let's do anything else. Anything else. I don't think we need to stop asteroids. It's God's will. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Because everyone's lost their minds. I mean, NyQuil on chicken has, has really just kind of took the cake for me. Also, the you know, you know, not even repealing trans rights, but, you know, trying to suppress trans people even more, not caring about global warming, like going back to the Supreme Court, they're over here shutting down things about protecting our air. Air, like, we just want clean air. Why is that a why is that a thing? Why are you shutting down clean oxygen? It's odd. It's so odd to me. They've really lost their minds. They've been on a 10. You know, usually you don't hear much about them. You know, I think 2015 with the passage of gay marriage is when we really, I remember talking about the Supreme Court and, you know, in class and civics classes and stuff, when you talk about uh, Brown versus the Board of Education, those like monumental cases, but really... Rarely do we talk about the Supreme Court. And now, like, everybody's lost their mind. It's just weird. It's odd. It's so odd. I need Clarence Thomas to go. If you don't listen to Behind the Bastards, I suggest you do and listen to the four-part series of Robert Evans talking with Miles Gray about, I was about to say Miles Davis, Miles Gray about Clarence Thomas. It He is just as terrible as you think. He really is. So we had an insurrection. Speaking of Clarence Thomas, I think his wife, Jenny, was part of it somehow or like had some inside scoop. I'm not 100% sure. We're having hearings about it, but it's moving way too slow for me. You know, we need to put we need to put the people that I know on the stand, put the put the former president and the kids on the stand. Speaking of former president, he took documents that didn't belong to him. That said top secret and he just threw them in a closet. Can you even organize them? You know what I mean? Like, you at least organize by, like, have you read them? Have you not read them? Is it national? Is it, or international? Is it domestic? Nah, you just threw those things like they were socks. Like, it was dirty laundry. So, that asteroid needs to do what it needs to do. Because you know why? America is ghetto. Earth is ghetto. You know? That's just kind of... That's just what I've concluded. Every single day I wake up and I go, Earth is kind of ghetto. And I know it and I accept it and I receive it. And once I do all of those great things, I can move on and be happy with my life. So let's move on. And let's talk about some reality television. Let's get some light stuff because I want to get into like the 
I want to end on some important news that's happening in the world right now. But let's do some light, fluffy stuff for right now. So I can ease you into it, if you will. Um, I have been catching up on Southern Charm. I don't know if any of y'all are watching it. And if you are, good for you. And if you're not, good for you. Uh, (laughs) Right now, we are in season eight of Southern Charm. And they have one token Black person. She came on, well, there's one token Black person. Her name is Vanita. She is an influencer and just super gorgeous. She's got like this dark chocolate smooth skin. She's got amazing hair that she just wears all sorts of ways. I love that she's wearing her natural hair texture, even though I do believe that natural hair is a scam, but her hair is gorgeous. It's a scam for me, but that's a different story for not today's episode. And then there's Leva. Leva is, I believe, a Lebanese. She was brought on last season. Or no, I think she was brought on a couple of seasons. She was a friend of, and then she became a main character. But she was brought on in season seven during when they were filming COVID, the George Floyd protest, and the taking down of the Confederate soldier statues. The thing with that is it also happened when Catherine sent an, a monkey emoji to somebody who DM'd her about her friend who was hosting a party for Trump or like a MAGO party on a boat during COVID. Now, if everybody, if anybody's wondering why the monkey emoji is such a big deal is because back in the olden days and probably today, we were called, we being black people, were called porch monkeys. And so sending a black person an emoji of a monkey when you are, um, I'm so sorry, they're mowing outside again. I can't escape. I can't escape the lawnmower. Sending a black person an emoji of a monkey when you're having a heated argument about politics is not the move. Now, Catherine is a white girl. She's actually related. Her great, great, great grandfather is Vice President Calhoun, Calhoun, I don't care what his name is. He was a Confederate soldier who was also vice president during the Civil War, was very pro-slavery, and had his statue built so tall in the park, in a park in South Carolina, in Charleston, that when you're walking, it looks like he's looking down on you. And that was an intimidation tactic. So this whole thing about taking down Confederate soldiers isn't uh, uh, statues isn't about erasing history. We that can't be erased. But why are we? Why do we have monuments of terrorists? That would be like going to Germany and having, you know, Hitler on a statue. Like we don't. We can talk about Hitler and how awful he was, without having a statue for him. It's weird. So that being said, there is that whole thing. And Catherine being the, I don't know if it's narrow-minded or just the fact that there's white privilege, but she wasn't understanding why it was a big deal. And then asked the person, do you know who your dad is? And so Leva was on the show and Vanita was on there too last season 
basically explaining to Catherine why she was wrong. And she got dropped from working for a place called Gwen's. Uh, The person who owns it is also Lebanese. And, you know, like people do, they write in and they say, hey, do you know your brand person is racist? And so, you know, they had to let her go. But Catherine wasn't seeing why. She just felt offended that she was called racist because she's like, I'm not political. And I'm like, yeah, you girl, you're a great, great. Okay, girl, whatever. Um, Within that time, she started dating a black guy named Caleb Ravenel, which is very interesting because her baby daddy's last name is Thomas or his, her baby daddy's last name is Ravenel. Um, If you go to Charleston, there's a Ravenel bridge. It's, he's in that family he's an awful awful person but the thing with that is that because he has so much money he has power and he currently has custody full custody of the kids I don't know there's a really awful terrible thing that's happening it's the good old boy system where money trumps all no pun intended and now Catherine is you know trying to fight and there's a bunch of stuff going on with her On Reddit, my good friends on Reddit posted a photo of her with a black eye and a couple of other bruises on her face. And we don't know where that came from. People don't know if it's the ex-boyfriend, this Kayla person, if it's Thomas. We don't know the situation. So the girl is going through it and she hasn't been on a few episodes. Meanwhile, Shep, who's been the residential playboy who doesn't want to grow up and has teeth like George Washington, has been dating this girl named Taylor. And Taylor just seems like a sweetheart. And it's this situation I feel like Taylor thinks that she can change him. She thinks that, you know, I'm the perfect girl to come in and make this guy realize he wants a family and he wants kids and he wants to be married. And Shep just doesn't want that. And unfortunately, she's gotten burned. He's cheated or he's been unfaithful one way or another. And then another character, Austin, who is dating this girl, Madison, is trying to be the moral police. But like Austin is awful. If you watch Winter House, which he and Craig are on, it's how Craig met his current girlfriend, Paige. He's awful and he's yelling at people and stuff and he doesn't work I mean Madison's awful too listen the entire cast other than Leva and Vanita are awful that's my opinion there's nobody that else that I'm like oh I root for you I love you two pieces like no I I'm only here for the two POCs on the show because they're beautiful and they are hardworking, and you know I just like them I I do I like them anyway it's Southern Charm is a mess. It's also conflicting as a Black person to watch it because I usually just watch reality television shows very blindly. But in this case, every time they say that they're going to a plantation, I'm like, that's my house. My family owns that house, probably. And of course, I don't know because in slavery, they didn't really keep track of who my family was. So that's fine. But I'm just going to assume if it says plantation that it doesn't belong to them. And that all their money comes from being slave owners. It's icky. It's a really icky situation. But I like watching the show because they think they're great, but they're really not. They're just on TV with like nice clothes for the most part. 
really bad extensions for a lot of them though they're not blending the extensions you know what I mean your top and your bottom have to blend you can't do a blunt cut with the extensions you know what I'm saying you gotta like blend it you gotta get a razor comb and you gotta blend that in so it looks natural because the blondes don't be matching you know and that and the ends are just blunt and so it looks really bad and I've seen that across the board on reality shows especially like housewives you'll see people with like extensions that are obviously extensions and they're just not blending it in Jesus God I just I want them to get it together okay I get my stuff from the beauty supply store and even I know how to blend okay I just I don't understand it but let's switch networks are we watching sister wives y'all if you haven't been watching sister wives or if you've never watched sister wives that's fine if you watched it and then you stopped because it got boring also fine if you're like me and you've been catching up and keeping up regardless you're my people if you have no idea what I'm talking about, or if you haven't watched the show, let's do a very, very, very quick update on who the wives and the and the husband, all of them are, and then we will come to why this season is getting good. All right. So Cody is the patriarch of the family. He's the husband. He is from Wyoming. They moved to Utah so that uh, they could raise their family together. He is very much an egotistical, sexist pig. I do not like him. His noodle hair bothers me, etc., etc. I will admit that he was handsome when he was younger. He was handsome in like a, like a Ken kind of way, like Ken and Barbie. He was a handsome in a Ken kind of way. Not my type, but he was handsome back in the day. He was a Mormon, like an everyday Mormon, and I would like to put in the in this footnote that Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the mainstream Mormon church, do not practice polygamy. He said he felt called to practice polygamy, and I don't know how one gets called to have a bunch of partners, but whatever. So he became a fundamentalist Mormon. That is a very different, that's very different. It's a smaller group of Mormons. They're more secretive because polygamy is illegal. And yes, this is, I am speaking about, well, they're not in the same church, but Warren Jeffs, the quote unquote prophet, the self-proclaimed prophet also practiced polygamy and child brides and child abuse and all the other stuff. If you watch Keep Sweet on Netflix, it goes into more detail. There's people who talk about their time in that in as a polygamous Mormon and it is it it wasn't super triggering for me personally, but it is triggering. So if you are somebody that is recovering from like religious trauma, skip it. But if you know the story of Warren Jeffs, at least the broad story of Warren Jeffs, then by all means you've seen it. Um, or at least you know the gist of it. These people don't practice under Warren Jeffs, by the way, even though they are fundamentalist and Mormon. I think there's like another sect of Mormon is a fundamentalist Mormon. I'm eh, whatever. They practice polygamy. 
he met his first wife, Mary. They had one child named Leo. Now on the show, when they first start, Leo was going by Mariah presenting as a female. This has changed since within that time. Again, remember, there's been 17 seasons, so a lot changes. People grow. They're finding out who they are. Leo goes by Leo or goes by, um, I was about to say Leonard, and that's not true at all. Go Or Leon, I'm sorry. And their pronouns are they, them. I will refer to Leo as Leo, as Leo or like Mary's child because I am not an asshole and this podcast does not stand for transphobia. If I by chance slip and call Leo by their dead name, I will correct myself, but please understand that Leo is Leo and Leo is not their dead name, period, okay? I won't be going to that much detail about it, but I just, in case you decide you want to watch it on Discovery Plus, this is not an ad. I'm just letting you guys know. You can watch it for about 14 days for free, and then it's $4.99 a month. All of the episodes are on there. It's current. The earlier episodes has Leo's dead name. That's all I'm letting you guys know about that, but I want to make that clear. So yes, Cody and Mary have one child named Leo or Leon, and Mary grew up in a polygamous family. Her mom, who we saw just recently passed within the last year, Bonnie, RIP, and her dad had, I don't remember the exact number of sister wives that were in the family. Like some have come and some have gone, but essentially there was just Bonnie and then another wife left before Bonnie passed. Next we have Janelle. Now this is kind of interesting because Janelle is the second sister wife. Janelle was friends with Mary because she was married uh to Mary's brother. They split. Then Janelle ends up marrying Cody. Now here's another thing. When Janelle left the mainstream Mormon church and wanted to get into polygamy and become a fundamentalist Mormon, her mom is like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you doing this? I'm going to come with you because I need to see what the heck is going on. And this isn't a cult. Janelle's mom ends up becoming a sister wife to Cody's dad. So they're not, it's not this incestual thing because technically it's not like Cody's dad and Janelle's mom had Janelle. But it's just very weird. Like, technically, they're step-siblings, but not technically because they're not legally married on paper to each other. (sighs) Okay, girl, whatever. Cody and Janelle have kids. I don't know how many. I think it's six or seven. I'm going to try to list them in order, but I'm probably going to mess up. Okay, so you have Logan. You have Maddie slash Madison. You have Hunter. Then you have Garrison. You have Gabriel. And then you have Savannah. So that's six kids those kids (laughs) I love Logan Logan was like the big brother slash father because all the parents were out to work so Logan was really helping with Christine with the kids we'll get to Christine in a second once Logan went off to college he was like bye and literally like was like I'm not coming home that much I might come home on Christmas but you're not gonna catch me being home every single day so good for Logan he did he deserves to be a kid and to fly free and be free because he was a parent ever since he was like 10. 
So, and I think it's one of those things that happens when you're in a family of a bunch of kids, the older siblings have to step up and basically parent the kids, which is why you shouldn't be having 18,000 kids unless you can take care of them because it is not the kid's choice that you wanted to have all those kids. Anyway, next you have Christine. Christine is the third wife. Christine grew up also in a polygamous family. Her grandfather is the head of the fundamentalist church that they belong to slash belonged too. We'll get to that in a second. Um, they have six kids. Cody and Christine have six kids as well. Again, I'm going to try to do this in order. I'm probably going to mess up. So you have Aspen, you have McKelty, you have Peyton, you have Gwendolyn, you have um, Isabel, and then you have little Truly. We saw Truly when she was when Christine was pregnant with her. So we didn't really see Truly, of course, until she was born, but she was born on the show. We've seen her grow up. She is a true feminist icon. She told her dad at one point in later seasons, it's my body and I should do whatever I want to with it. And I was like, yes, queen. She was talking about wanting to ride a bicycle. She didn't want to want to learn how to ride a bike. She kept saying no and to stop. Her dad was trying to pressure her. And then she was on the couch with Solomon and she said it's my body I should be able to do what I want to with it and I was like ma'am okay I will see you at the women's march next year okay you are an icon you are a true feminist icon and we love you all right so we'll go into Christine and Cody in a bit because that's why the season currently is getting better next in last and least in my opinion is Robin. Robin is the last wife to be courted into the family. She was a lot younger and she came with three kids. She's divorced. Now she used to be a Jessup and in the fundamentalist Mormon circle, being a Jessup is a, is a deal hierarchy. I don't care. He's also like four times removed like Cody's cousin or something like they're all related in this weird way I don't like it I don't like it at all apparently Preston Jessup which is Robin's ex-husband was abusive toward her I don't like Robin I'm not here to say that she's wrong about it or she's right about it I am just here to say that that's the alleged situation they have they being Chris uh being Robin and Preston have three kids together, Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna. When Cody and Robin got married, they had two kids later on down the line, Solomon and Ariella. So all in all, there are five kids. Cody did adopt Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna. So they're legally his kids now. That happened because Mary divorced Cody so that Cody could legally marry Robin. Now, here's where I get, well, it's not where I start because season one is where I started to get really frustrated with her. But this is where I was really like, um, what? Because Robin want, Robin decided, Robin at one point wanted Cody to adopt the kids. It may have not been on the show, but why would you have somebody break up with somebody if that's not what you wanted and you didn't mention it before, right? So Cody adopted... Cody and Robin had to go through this whole process to try to adopt the the three older kids, which means that Preston had to relinquish rights as a father 
to the three kids. Now, Robin made it seem like Preston was such a horrible father to them. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't abuse the mother. And I'm not saying that you can't abuse a mother. Just because you abused the mother, it means you abused the children. Because it's very possible that he was abusive toward the mom, but wasn't abusive toward the kids. I'm I'm trying to put two and two together to get four to to get four because right now two and two is equaling like x squared plus y equals z so like none of it's making sense to me. That's how you know I'm also in algebra. It seems as though he would spend time with the kids. He wasn't paying the child support, and so if he's not paying the court mandated child support and he's dodging it, that can get you in trouble with having rights to your children maybe I don't know family law but the weird thing is after Cody legally adopted the kids they spent two weeks with him in Montana where he lives and she was taking the kids to Montana over time while that we saw on the show so I I just I just there's something about it that I don't understand but that's Robin and Cody in a nutshell. We're going to get back to her as well. Now, let's explain why this season has gotten good. So, over the seasons, 1 through 17, they have moved constantly. The first time they moved is when they publicly came out as polygamist. And Cody had lost his job because he came out. I think Janelle lost her job when she came out. And Mary lost her job. So, there were no nobody was working at the time. And to get to Christine specifically and Robin, when Robin was being courted by Cody, Robin lived about five hours away from the family. They lived in Lehigh. I don't know where they lived. It was five hours away from Lehigh, Utah. And so eventually she moved in, she moved closer and they had a rental house for Robin and the kids, which fine, but Robin wasn't working. The oldest girls were over at Robin's house taking care and babysitting the three kids, Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna at the time. But Robin wasn't working, so why are you babysitting three kids? Like, why do you have a babysitter for three kids and you're not going to work? What are you doing? You weren't selling anything because my sister wife's closet wasn't out yet. So what were you doing? Anyway, the finances were already stretched. Okay, you have like 7,000 people living in a house together. And they live in this house that's built by a polygamist where you had one side of the house that was just for Janelle. You had Mary and Leo on the top floor. And then you had Christine and her five, soon to be six kids to be on the bottom floor of this house. And then Cody would just go throughout and spend time with whatever family in this house. Now... Robin wasn't doing anything, so I don't understand why this was happening. Nonetheless, they end up having to leave in, like, the dead of night because they're afraid of persecution. And they use the words, like, persecution and stuff, and I'm like, my guy, you decided to be a polygamist. You decided to be on a show on TLC, and you decided to go on the Today Show to talk about it. So, like, you're not being persecuted. This isn't, this isn't what, like, 
fundamentalist Christians, white nationalists feel like is happening to them every time they see a practicing Muslim on the street wearing a hijab. Like, oh my God. Anyway, so they end up moving. They go to Wyoming for a little bit to go on the dad's farm and to help out there. And then they eventually go and end up living and moving to Las Vegas in this rental house that's too small for all of these kids. They eventually individually get rental houses. They end up buying a house in this cul-de-sac so they're all near each other and everything's great. And then a few years later, it was shortly after the Las Vegas shooting, a few years later, they decide that they're going to move to Flagstaff. Now, rumor has it that allegedly they moved to Flagstaff because Dayton gets accepted into college in Flagstaff. Now, Dayton is on this. Okay, we don't say on the spectrum anymore. My apologies. I'm still learning. Um, Dayton has autism. It seems as though from watching the show that Dayton has autism, but he's very able and capable. If he had a little bit of assistance, he could take care of himself, right? Now, I'm not saying that he should go off to Flagstaff by himself, but I don't understand why he would have to go to college. I believe this particular college in Flagstaff has a program for people who are autistic or have some kind of cognitive uh, differences. And if that's not the right way to say it, again, I apologize, where the program does accommodate them, but they're able to like have a college life, right? They just might need a little bit of assistance here and there for certain things, and then they're fine. I feel like a lot of colleges have that program though. So a lot of the kids who had one year left in their high schools were basically uprooted and had to move and get enrolled into schools within a month. They're living in different parts of Flagstaff or a little bit outside of Flagstaff, they decide that they're going to buy this property that's um, on a place called Coyote Pass. And then they're, they wanted to do the one big house thing where you build this incredibly not resellable home that would house all of these children and families within the home. And they would all have their own living quarters. So basically building an apartment complex, but just for them. I don't know. I don't know. It was very weird. Christine was like, I don't want a big house. I like my autonomy. I liked having my own house. Why don't we just split the lots? So eventually they do. They split the lot. There is drama about that. No one cares. In the meantime, Mary and Cody's relationship has completely just crumbled. There was a catfishing scandal that I don't feel like going into because I'm so tired of the story and the narrative. This is one of the reasons why Leo and Mary's relationship was strained because Leo tried to warn her. Leo didn't listen to them. And so here we are. So Mary and, and, and Cody don't have a relationship. I think Mary was trying and trying and trying and Cody was just like, I'm done with it. Cody has said that Mary's lied to him from the very beginning. I don't know why or what that is. I feel like Cody is punishing Mary for not being able to physically have more children. But at one point, Cody said that he didn't even care to try to have children with her because Mary was going to try to go through IVF. Um, Robin suggested being a surrogate for her at one point, And Cody was just like, nah, basically. I mean, a lot more words. But Cody was like, nah, I'm good. 
So, but I think Mary was pregnant with Leo. And then that was, that took about eight years. And then she got pregnant again. And unfortunately, she didn't carry that baby to term. And so she just didn't try to get pregnant again. And and that's understood because if you can't, you can't. And unfortunately, people who have uteruses that want to have children may want to, but they just can't. And that's nobody's fault. It's just that weird, unfortunate thing that biology does to the person's body. And it we should not be holding those people at fault that that can't happen. So that being said, their relationship is just in the weeds. Leo has gone off to school and they are living with their partner, Audrey, and they're just in love. Eventually they'll get married. I don't know. They were supposed to get planned a wedding over before COVID hit, but then COVID happened. And then they just kind of, I think they were just dealing with life stuff, which happens, but they're dealing with it together. I think they're cute. Good luck to them and everything that they have and their their endeavors. I I just, I love seeing Leo grow into their own um, Leo was kind of a brat as a child, but I have to assume that that's part of having instability and kind of trying to figure out who you are and fighting this like religious oppression that like, no, I'm not allowed to be this way. Like, I feel like there's a million reasons why Leo was a brat. So whatever, they were a teenager. We were all brats. Weren't we all brats as a teen? I know I was. Okay, so that's Mary and Cody. They they just, they don't have a loving relationship anymore. They're divorced. I think I mentioned that already legally. So legally, they're no longer on paper a sister wife. Now let's go to Robin. Because I feel like she's the reason why we all do not like. We, we, uh, okay, so Robin, as I mentioned earlier, moved to a rental place that they were paying for. But she wasn't working. Robin, during one Christmas, it was right before they moved into their rental homes in Las Vegas, comes up with this idea that they should start something called My Sister Wife's Closet. It's a jewelry boutique, I say that in quotes, that's sold online that's supposed to represent polygamy and the sister wives and all this other stuff. It doesn't sell because the jewelry is ugly. I've been to Claire's, I've been a Claire shopper up until about embarrassingly like eight years ago and Claire's has better jewelry and better quality okay I can get better quality at Target and it's overpriced and it's just ugly and of course Cody has to have himself in the middle so it's not even like a minor I mean it is a minority owned business technically because they're women but the only people who wanted to do it was Robin Christine didn't really want to do it Mary wanted to go to school Janelle doesn't want to sell things. She wanted to do accounting. She actually really wasn't into it and wanted to do fitness stuff for a while because she was trying to channel her, you know, her, her weight loss journey, which, you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. They're not making money. You can go on the website right now and it says we'll be back. And it's been, they're talking about we've been back since like 2019. So, you know, Robin still currently to this day doesn't work, but they bought a basically this mansion in Flagstaff with like nine rooms and eight bathrooms and for what 
all at the time that they're trying to build this property on Coyote Pass. It doesn't make any sense. But the thing is, is that Robin gets catered to because she's the youngest. I don't even think she's the prettiest. I'm not saying she's ugly. Her eyebrows look like hockey sticks, but I'm not saying she's ugly. Christine, I think, I think Christine has always been pretty. I think Janelle has always been pretty. Um, but yeah, I mean, Robin's the youngest, so she gets catered to, and she's the most obedient. So Cody loves her, and Janelle and Christine have started to speak up a little bit more. And you get to see this, this rising from the ashes kind of situation from Christine because she's no longer taking the abuse and it's abuse that Cody inflicts on Christine. Now, why does this connect with Robin? So when Robin and Cody were courting, one rule that they had during the courtship is that they don't kiss. And with Cody and Robin, those rules were broken. Robin and the other sister wives at the time when they were going dressing, uh, going wedding dress shopping, it was supposed to be like a sister wife's thing. It's later revealed that Robin and Cody went wedding dress shopping together and didn't tell the other sister wives. Now, mind you, all of this is happening when Christine is pregnant with Truly. So some people might say that she overreacted. And she's, in terms of feelings and sensitivity and stuff, she's more sensitive about things than I am personally, but it doesn't make her feelings invalid. Christine is doing a lot of the work. So while a lot of the moms or while the moms are at work and while Cody is at work, she's taking care of all the kids. And you notice this closeness that's happening with Janelle's kids and Christine's kids. They love each other. They in and of themselves can have a big old sweet family. And I think Leo wouldn't mind. I mean, I know Leo's close with with Logan uh, they were the first person that they told about them being gay and then essentially trans. And they're so supportive of them. So there is a relationship, I think, with the older kids. It's just, I feel like Mary also tried to isolate Leo for some reason. Maybe because it's this, you're the only thing I have situation. I'm not 100% sure. That being said, Christine is, it seems like Christine was being ignored. But with all this responsibility, she needed help. Cody wouldn't help her or wouldn't even try to hire a babysitter to help her. Then had the two oldest kids to go with Cody with Robin so that they can watch her kids. Christine was working. Christine was working nights. So and then allegedly, I think I read this somewhere. Don't quote me that Christine was getting food stamps and had to get welfare to help take care of the kids. And now this isn't fraud. This isn't fraud because on paper, Christine is a single mother, right? So a lot of polygamy families do not put the father on the birth certificate because polygamy is illegal. That can be found out. Kids can be taken away and things like that. So I think on paper, she was a single parent. So I think she got food stamps so that she was at least food stamps so that she was able to buy food for the house. But if she got the amount for seven people, that would be her truly and the other kids, her biological kids, they would have to split that amount with everybody in the house. So it actually kind of doubles. So you still don't have enough. I think that's what I think happened. Don't quote me. 
do not go and report anything. I, I don't think she's doing it now. I think that's what happened then before the show happened. Um, that being said, like, that's just to paint a picture of how, how strained they were. And yet Robin gets catered to. I'm just like, what do you do? What do you do? Because the first season of a reality show, you don't get paid. So you can't even say that she got paid from being on the show because that's not how that works. She had a lot of debt. She had a lot of debt because her husband left her with a lot of debt. So what was she doing? How is Cody able to rent this property for her? See, it just, it's not making sense. It's not making sense. I think Christine tried her best to just in their words, keep sweet. That's how they were raised. That's that's the fundamentalist Mormon way is to keep sweet. You just try to deal with it. And she's pushed her unhappiness aside because she loves those kids. Essentially, as time went on, as the kids got older, got married, moved out the house, started having a life for themselves, she, I believe, started to realize that she needed to find a way to be happy for herself. And so what happened is Christine starts speaking out more. Now, there's a situation that happens where Cody's friend makes a joke about getting rid of his other wives because his friend doesn't practice polygamy and Christine was really hurt by it. And he never apologized. And so she was quiet. She wasn't happy about wanting to go visit this friend with the rest of the family. Janelle said that she just laughed it off. Robin and Mary were like, I don't like it either, but I don't want to make a big fuss about it. Christina's just like, I don't like this. Cody berates her and is like, I think you're overreacting. And she's like, I don't think you're reacting enough. All she was asking for Cody to do is talk to him and say, hey, this joke hurt my wife's feelings. Can you, you know, apologize? And then Cody didn't want to do it because he said that he was too much of a man to do it. You pig. So he's always disregarded her feelings. And then they chalked it up to, she was just like, oh, okay, I was dealing with PMS. And I'm like, no. Okay, that's like when women were going through their cycle and back in the 50s, they would say it was hysteria. No, your feelings were hurt. Your husband wasn't validating your feelings because he's a pig. It has nothing to do with you, Christine. And I think she finally got to that point where she realized she did everything that she could. The last anniversary that we saw of them, they went on an anniversary trip, I believe, to Galveston, Texas. And there was a therapist there the entire time. If a therapist has to come on my anniversary trip, we're we're not going to be married. And Christine said, I think this is our last trip. And she was right. There is a situation where they go and visit the Doggers, not the Duggers, but the Doggers, who are another polygamous polygamous family in Utah. At this time, it used to be this felony to be be in polygamy. Now it's a misdemeanor. You spend a couple of days in jail or you pay a fine, the way that they say it. So it's not as heavily criminalized as it used to be. Mind you... Cody sued the state of Utah after they left. And then he wanted to try to run for office in Utah. That's very weird. Anyway, 
So Christine was like, oh my gosh, it's decriminalized. And she said when she was in Utah, she just felt like she was at home. She was around people that cared about her, that loved her. She just felt a sense of peace and she did not like going back to Flagstaff. When she talked about it with Cody, he more or less said, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but if you can convince the other wives, it's something to consider. So he didn't say no. She talks to the other sister wives. They're all like, no. And I get it because they're tired of moving. I get where Christine is coming from, but I also get where everybody else is coming from. Janelle loves Flagstaff. She's like, listen, if y'all want to leave, that's fine. Just sell me the property. It's cool. Um, Robin was just like, no, because they moved to Flagstaff for her, basically. And, you know, Mary was also like, no. At the end of it, like, at the end of it, Cody threw her under the bus. She's like, I don't feel safe. She walked away. She was like, I can't do this anymore. Mary, the person who's great at giving advice about her, about marriage, says, Christine, you can't leave. You have to stay. And then she told her to look at the mountain. And Christine is like, I don't want to look at no mountain. I want to go. I'm going to look at some mountains. I'm going to look at the mountains in Utah. Okay. I'm not looking at mountains over here. The beginning of the next season, they try to be cool, calm, and collective. And she tries to just play along with everybody, pretend to be excited. COVID happens. And this is when I think stuff hits the fan. It is not abnormal to hear that COVID strained a lot of marriages, that people filed for divorce during COVID at a higher rate than other times because you were forced to stay at home and you had to make your life decisions. And... Christine was just like she was dying. Cody's rules were crazy. Now, I personally am more on the whereas more on the stricter side of COVID protocols than other people, which is probably why I've lost a couple of friendships and have felt lonely over the past couple of years. Anyway, but even Cody's rules were crazy. Like wiping off mail, changing clothes. Unless you work at a hospital, we don't be changing clothes, okay? Wiping down groceries, like quarantining for 14 days, staying 10 feet apart. I was like, Cody, it's six feet. And you should stay six feet apart from people at all times. So that's not even a COVID thing. Washing hands, okay. But like it, spray stuff with alcohol and stuff is like, Cody, no, 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 no. And then come to find out anyway that Cody is not even vaccinated. All this stuff and you're not even vaccinated. Makes no sense to me. Cody stayed at Robin's house most of this time and probably even now Cody assumes that the rest of the kids are just traveling the other kids are like listen I will they said listen one of two things we should either all quarantine together somehow we should all quarantine together so that we can still hang out with our our siblings Cody didn't like that idea so then Cody says that um Garrison and Gabe have to move out the house. At this point, they're 18 or over 18. They have to move out the house because they keep going outside the house to work, to work. Okay. Garrison is a construction, was working in construction. So he is an essential worker. I forgot what Gabe does, but he was an essential worker. They're working. They're going to class. They're working. Okay. Gabe has a girlfriend. He's like, listen, my girlfriend's very... My girlfriend's very, very safe, wears a mask and all this other stuff too. Um, And I do the same thing. I try to follow her lead, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not going to make, I'm not going to bend over backwards for 
for our dad who may or may not come visit us. Like, it doesn't make sense. Point. Now, for me, I was like, kids, please just stay safe. But I get it, right? Because, again, teenagers have, have to continuously have their lives turned upside down because of events like a pandemic and, you know, school shootings and stuff. So I understood where they were coming from. And, and they do have a point. If the dad's not going to be around, why are we going to bend over backwards for you to still not want to come over because you don't trust us? Which is all it was. Janelle went to go visit Maddie. Maddie's married at this time to someone named Caleb. Has a little girl. Has two kids. One of the little girls has a limb. Um, has a limb. I don't want to say deficiency. There's something that happened whenever she was born where her leg and her arms weren't fully developed so she had to go in for prosthetic surgery again they're not doing surgery for non-essential things they went in for her to get fit for prosthetics and things like that and Janelle went to go help take care of the kids because Caleb had to work he's also an essential worker and Cody kept calling it a vacation I was like your grandchild has to get prosthetics that's not a vacation okay now here's the his here's the here's the here's the big one Isabel has scoliosis. Her curvature of the spine was so bad that she said her pain was between an 8 and a 10 daily. That there are times that her older brother Peyton would have to carry her home because it hurt so bad for her to walk. She tried doing all of the non-surgical exercises and unfortunately just wasn't able to, to get rid of the pain or reverse the curvature of her spine or even stop it they have a conversation about her getting surgery. There is a surgeon in New Jersey, top or in New York, who's like top of the line, has done this particular surgery before. Cody is against it. Cody is like, why can't we wait till after the pandemic? Well, we don't know how long the pandemic is going to last. And your child is in pain. This is not an elective surgery. This is not a, this is not a boob job or, you know, a a nose job. This is your child not being in pain so that she can do everyday functional things or she's going to become an opioid addict. Okay. Get a grip. Eventually the surgery happens. Cody calls it a vacation. Now, some of the siblings went up to her aunt's house in New Jersey to quarantine there for two weeks before the surgery. Christine made a comment saying, we'll make a vacation out of it. I don't think that it was because they were going to go travel and do all these crazy fun things. She said, we'll make a vacation out of it to lessen the blow that your child's about to have her lung punctured so that she can have her spinal surgery. (sighs) Cody doesn't go. Because Robin says that the two youngest can't be without their dad for longer than a couple of days without them getting rowdy. Okay, but what you do as a parent is go, hey, your sister has to have a very important surgery. So dad's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Okay, he's not, he loves you. We will talk with him every day. We'll be on the phone. We'll have video, et cetera, et cetera. But you didn't do that, Robin. Because your hockey stick eyebrows is too selfish to be doing that, little brat. So she's there by herself taking care of Isabel. And she says in that moment, she realizes that she is good taking care 
of all of the, all of her kids taking care of herself by herself that she doesn't need Cody and that's what started her saying you know what I'm done I'm leaving their relationship so we see at the end of the season the following year that she's packed up all of Cody's stuff because Cody said that he doesn't want to have an intimate relationship with her anymore packs up all of his stuff and says I am done he comes in there shocked I don't know why you're shocked. You're so rude to her. Do you think that she wasn't going to leave you eventually? Okay. Christine Brown turned into Christine J. Blige. Okay. Hoops, white thigh high boots and all. Okay. So no need no hateration, holleration in this dancery. No more drama. She not going to cry, not going to cry no more. She not going to shed not once here. Okay. She was so much at peace. And so this current season, we see Christine standing her ground. Cody's trying to play these mind games, right? He's trying to play these games. He's like, I don't, he's like, you, I saw a glimmer in your eye. And she's like, for the first time, I feel hopeful. He admits that he was never in love with her. And this is where, this is my, this is my conspiracy corner that I know I'm right about. He only married Christine because her grandfather has a higher position within the fundamentalist church. So he thought that by marrying her, there would be the celestial kingdom. He, he, that's what he thought. That's my opinion. Also, also, speaking of Christine doing stuff by herself, Robin and them have a nanny. Now, at this point, Aurora and Dayton are grown, still living at home. Brianna's in high school. Simon is like, or Solomon is what, eight, nine? And Ariella is like four or five. What does the nanny do? Robin, what do you do? Why do you need a nanny? Now, if you're like, she's a tutor for the kids, I get it. Okay, maybe you're not good at math and so you hire a math tutor, but they can be outside. They can be on the screen. What does the nanny do? Why do you, Robin, you haven't been selling a piece of jewelry since 2019. What are you doing that you, what does Cody do? Cody, Cody does cameos and he's not even a high selling cameo seller. Okay. The highest selling is Kevin from the office and he does a million dollars and cameos are side hustles. That's not a main form of payment. So what the hell do any of them, these people do where they need a nanny? Okay, anyway, fast forward. So Christine and Cody are talking. And Christine and Christine is just like, I'm moving to Salt Lake. And he was like, well, why don't you move to St. George? And she was like, oh, no. Now, McKelty lives in St. George because that's where she chose, chooses to live. But St. George is an hour away from Flagstaff. That's why he wants her to move to St. George. And then this white man with blue eyes and blonde hair sat there and said on this television with a straight face that he feels like he, the, the white man with the blue eyes and the blonde hair, said that he feels as though in the United States of America, okay, that he, the white man with the blonde hair and the blue eyes, feels like there is an injustice against him. He said that. He said it straightest face and all said that he feels like an injustice is being done upon him the white man with the blonde hair and the blue eyes in america living on stolen land yep he sure did he sure did he sure did straightest face too because he believes this stuff he's such a narcissist he believes what he's saying and it is crazy to me like girl what 
So yeah, Christina's leaving Cody. And at this moment, she's told the kids, but she hasn't told the sister wives yet. Of course, the sister wives know. The older kids don't have a relationship with Cody, which I mean, can you blame them? Cody has accused Christine of gossiping to the kids that she's leaving. And I don't think that's what happened. It is my belief that Christine was probably talking with Aspen, talking with Logan or Hunter. And they were saying, we don't like the way that dad treats you. And she's like, I feel like I can just, I feel like I should just leave. And then the kids were talking to their dad and said, you know that mom is going to leave if you don't treat her better. And so he flipped it. Now I'm going to insert a clip about what Peyton, the Christine's only son said about, about Cody and honey, the tea, the tea, the tea. All right. And I'm going to leave it on that because next week it's going to be very good. And I'm going to recap it because I needed an outlet to recap sister wives. I'm going to take a quick break, get some water stretch, and then we will move on to the other half. Not really half. But the other part of the podcast that I want to talk about and catch up with you guys on. Any king that has to say, I am the king, is no true king. Any man of the house that has to say, I am the man of the house, is no true man of the house. Me and my siblings say that my mom is a strong, independent woman all the time. People tell me, Peyton, your mom, Christine, is a strong, independent woman all the time. My mom does not claim to be a strong, independent woman because she is a strong, independent woman. Hello, hello, and we are back. Da, 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 da. We're back, and we are back. That's not a song, I'm making it up on the top of my head. And Buns got up, and he sighed on him, me. Okay, anyway, so we're back, we're back. So that was Sister Wives. And now, my good friends, I want to talk about something. It's really important and also a preview into what the series will be or what the podcast will be starting in 2023. I'm super excited, but this is not super exciting. So sorry. Italy elected its first far right prime minister since Miss Mussolini. Now, if Mussolini rings a bell, good. It's the whole thing with Hitler and World War II the overthrowing of him and stuff. Um, if you know anything about far-right politics in the United States, it's translated to the same thing as far-right politics in Italy and elsewhere in the world. The reason why I talk about this is because we have the Roma or the Romani people who live in Eastern Europe and different parts of Europe and then the United States too, but mainly Eastern Europe. And the Roma and the Romani people to this day are mistreated and have this weird way of saying this, but have this target on their backs. Um, It is a common consensus that they are the targets of ethnic cleansing up until about 2003, so about 19, late 1970s or early 1970s to 2003, uh, sterilization was very common 
upon the Romani people that have uteruses that can carry babies and carry children. Forced abortions also happened amongst these people. It has been kind of their lifetime that the Romani people have been pushed out of where they originated from all the way into Eastern Europe. During the Holocaust, there was also a huge concentration camp targeted to get rid of the Sinti or the Roma Romani people in Germany. And this is not to say, you know, this is not talking down on Jews or anything else. Uh, this is not an anti-Semitic podcast. And the Jewish people have talked about how we need to recognize everybody that suffered during the Holocaust. I promise there will be more details that I can't get into right now because I won't do it justice. But I will say that Italy elected its far-right candidate makes it very scary for the people of the Romani, the Roma community. If you don't know who the Roma or the Romani people are, by the way, um, they refer to the G word that ends in Y that we do not say because it is a slur. We don't talk about this as much as we should. And I think because, this is my personal opinion, that the Roma people don't have a large representation in the United States like they do in Eastern Europe. The only time we really mention it, and it's really just kind of a fleeing thought, to be honest, is during conversations of Hunchback of Notre Dame because of Esmeralda and the opera Carmen. And if somebody feels like they love to travel in Rome and they have a wanderlust tattoo, is when we use the G word, we should never use the G word. It is a slur. Now, if a Roma person uses the, uses the G word, that's the Roma person, they're allowed to do that. But we as non-Roma people should not be using the G word and should not be calling anyone the G word. Call them Roma or Romani people. Now, going back to Italy, of all the countries in the European Union, 87% of people polled by the EU commission, I believe, say that they have a negative view on the Romani people. They're often in their own camps that are not livable at all. Rarely any running water or electricity. It is very common for their tents and their setups to be knocked down for them or for it to be burned down. And there's a lot of cases about that. And the reason why this election and this prime minister being elected into uh, as prime minister in Italy is scary for the Roma people is because a lot of anti-Romani sentiment happens in Italy. It is very common, very, very common for laws to be made to track them and to basically keep tabs on them. People won't hire Roma people, so there's no way of them to make decent money to make a living. If you can think about how the Republican government treat people crossing the border to seek asylum, it's almost in that nature. I don't wanna say worse, cause I don't like comparing oppressions, but that's a way to think of it. Another poll that I read is that the Romani people are hated more than trans people and Muslims. I'm just gonna let you sit there with that for a second. It's terrible and it's awful. And I have a lot of empathy for the Romani people and the Roma community because as a person of color in the United States, thinking about 2020, I can't help 
but look at how they are treated now to how people of color were treated in the United States and are currently treated today by our government. And I want to do more as a person who researched this on a whim. Now that this has been brought to my attention, I want to talk about it more. I want to share it more because I feel like it is important to call attention to a population of people that are constantly the target of ethnic cleansing. They literally want to eradicate a group of people for merely existing. So it is important, I believe, for us to to talk about and keep an eye out on what's going on in Italy and with people in the Romani community as a whole. My last bit that I want to talk about before concluding all of this for today's episode is the protest in Iran. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because I, one, was completely late to this story and about what was going on in the middle of just the chaos between work and school. And for me, I want to make sure that I am on top of the movements that are happening around the world because Americans can get so sucked into the things that don't matter. And I think it's fine to have those things that don't matter, right? Like, the don't worry darling drama that really isn't but kind of is but is interesting to look at and read is fine. I think we need a break from that. But I think also too sometimes we get so focused and I say we not people consuming but we being the media get so consumed about this kind of celebrity drama that we don't talk about Iran enough or we don't talk about the other things that are happening in the world enough. Also because I have friends that are near and dear to me that are of Irani descent whether they are born in Iran and then came to America, live there now, live in other parts of the world, whatever the case is. And I don't need to know somebody to care, of course. In 2020, especially when the George Floyd protests started to happen, we saw people around the world in the countries that for me are definitely a surprise because not because they didn't care about black people but because there's so much going on in their country I didn't think they would take the time to protest about how black lives matter but they did and the people in Iran and a lot of people in the Middle East definitely did that Um, They protested specifically that Black Lives Matter. For me, I I guess I get a little sentimental about it. And I'm very gracious and thankful and humbled. And maybe that's not the right word. Maybe it is because with everything going on in their daily lives, they are taking out to the streets to protest about this killing of a Black man by the police in America. I came across this story when one of my favorite bloggers, Nicolette Mason, talked about it. And I want to make sure it's on record for the podcast. And I want to talk about it just because I feel like it's important to. There is a young lady, and please excuse if I say her name wrong. This young lady, her name was Masa Amini. She was tortured by the quote-unquote mortality police because a little bit of her hair was shown in her hijab and it is mandatory that women in Iran wear a hijab regardless of if they want to or not and all of their hair has to be covered because as we're seeing now in this case if it's not covered then they can go to jail or be beaten or you know get killed for it which is 
horrific and so senseless. I would also like to say that there are people who wear a hijab by choice. Um, For those who may not understand what a hijab is or what it stands for, a hijab is usually worn by women who are practicing Muslims and they wear it to cover up their hair, but their face is still shown. By choice, people will wear it as a way of modesty and to say like my my hair is for my husband or for my partner to see it is not for the world to see because they want to keep the focus on their face in a way of you know not to be so vain so and i say vain in quotes now i would just like to say there are very beautiful people that wear hijab and they have a very beautiful face and (laughs) so i mean i i I totally get it from a religious point but it doesn't make them any less pretty but i understand why people are wearing hijabs then there's a niqab now the niqab is more covered and it covers the face i'm sorry i'm like covering my mouth so if you hear me going in and out, that's why. It covers the face more where only the eyes are shown. This is more strict or more conservative choice of wearing, but some people who are practicing Muslims will will wear this by choice. What Iran is doing is what America does with Christianity. They take it and make it political. So in America, we take Christianity, we make it a white nationalist movement And we say, because the Bible says X, Y, and Z, slavery is okay, or the killing of LGBTQ plus people is okay, or this other horrific thing is okay, because the Bible says so when the Bible does not. So it's a misinterpretation of the Bible for political gain, and that's what's happening in Iran with the Islamic State. So what you're seeing or what you're hearing about the Islamic State is not the actual practice of Islam. Islam is about love. It's about community. It is about growing closer with yourself, growing closer to Allah, growing, um, trying to be a better person, a good family person, etc., etc. What's happening with the morality police? I think I said mortality police earlier, but what the morality police is not what the true definition of Islam is. And I want to make that crystal clear because I don't want us as Americans to walk around and see somebody in a hijab and assume that they are being forced to wear it. It is very possible that they are comfortable wearing it. And I personally think it's brave that they wear it, especially in a climate post 9-11 where this fakeness of togetherness was actually fueling Islamophobia. So that being said, everybody wearing a hijab is not being forced to. However, how people wear the hijab is also up to them and how they feel comfortable. I've personally seen people who choose to wear a hijab wear it a little loose so you can see a little bit of their hair but not too much. It's not completely covered or tucked in if you will. This was Maybe the case or not the case with Masa Amini, who was 22 years old. She was a Kurdish woman from a northwestern city called Sakis, and she'd been visiting the capital Tehran on September 13th when she was arrested by the morality police officers for allegedly violating the strict law requiring women to cover their hair with a hijab or a headscarf. I'm reading this from BBC.com, by the way, the Middle East section where they talk about 
the protest in and of itself. And she was beaten where she collapsed in a detention center where she was quote unquote being educated, which I don't even know what that means. And I don't want to know. And then she later died in a hospital about three days later uh, when she was in a coma. They said that she suffered sudden heart failure, but her family dismissed that and alleged that she was beaten by the officers. Now, there is also pictures, and I am not going to show it. I'm not going to tell you where to find it. BBC doesn't have it on their website, but these pictures went around of this young lady who was beaten to death, and this really started the outrage of her death and the protests that we are now seeing happening in Tehran and other places in Iran. Now, part of the protest is that women are burning or taking off their hijab and throwing it away, and then they are shaving off their hair or they're cutting it very short. Now, much like fundamentalist white nationalist Christians, hair is super important in the religion. Having short hair is not of God to some Christians and that's how it is with these with this Islamic state that hair is super important women cutting their hair it's just a sin it defies it quote-unquote defies Allah etc etc so this is a very huge protest there have been a number of deaths so far in the middle of these protests there are anti-government demonstrations in more than 80 cities that's happened since the 17th of September when Masa Amini's funeral happened. There's a lot of stuff that's happening, a lot of women's rights that are happening. One person said, this is our George Floyd, and I 110% agree with that comparison. It says that, I'm sorry, I think I said 20 protesters, but I believe it's 76 protesters across the 14 prov uh, provinces as of Monday. This was published a day ago. So 76, there are children and women part of these deaths. It is, it, the Iranian government to me as an American is very complicated. So I'm not going to go into the depths of it because I did not study the history of it. But we know that the Islamic State, much like a white nationalist state that we have here in America, is oppressive to women and they're fighting for their rights very much like we are fighting for our rights here in America. And I think as people in developed countries like America need to look at the people of Iran and look at the women of Iran who are fighting for their lives and fighting to not be oppressed so they can wear their hair the way they want to and not be killed or so that they have basically body autonomy just like we're fighting here when it comes to our abortion rights because we are fighting the same fight. We may look a little different. Our leaders may look different. They call themselves the Islamic State. We call ourselves a Christian nation, which is a load of crap, but it's the same kind of fight. And I think that if we can find similarities in empathy and fight with each other and at least tell the women in Iran, we hear you, we are fighting with you, and we are raising awareness. I think that does a lot more than than anything that we feel like we can't we should do right now if there's one thing we can do it's this it's to talk about what's happening because we are 
we have similar fights. We are so similar in different ways that I think that could help us bond better as a human race and we can actually execute the true definition of feminism. I know that there has been arguments before that people who wear a hijab are being uh, being oppressed and that's missing the entire point. I think that people are allowed to wear whatever clothing they want to wear to feel safe and regardless of what you choose to wear and how you choose to wear it, it should not cost you your life. That to me is what the feminist fight should be about. And I will talk a whole bunch later about the complications of feminism, but I want that to be noted and I want that to be said uh, from my lips, if you will. So Iran is in, there's a revolution happening in Iran and they have blocked out, the media has been blocked out um, by Iran. There's actually a journalist who has been arrested for breaking the story about what happened. She's an Iranian journalist. She is a, she's in jail right now. And in fact, 20 reporters and bloggers have been detained as well as human rights defenders, lawyers, and civil rights and civil society activists. Um, it's a US-based committee to protect journalists who is demanding the release of these people. So anybody reporting what's happening right now is their, their lives are, their lives are at stake. And I think it's important that we keep raising their voice and we don't by any means, uh, stay quiet or forget or leave them in the dust because I feel like America as a whole has done a really good job of acting like we care about like the people of Afghanistan and Iraq and then we just leave them and we say well good luck and I know that the people and their government are not the same and I think we should be better than our government so please find you know the right people your right people like I mentioned before Nicolette Mason is a creative consultant fashion blogger human rights activist who um Maybe she doesn't go by the official title of human rights activist, but she is an Iranian of Iranian descent, and she has been talking a lot about what's going on as well. And I know that you can go on Twitter and you can find your people to follow and to to make sure you're up to date on information. Simply retweeting is actually good. I know people are like, you have to do more than retweeting, but sometimes all you can do is retweet. So if you're retweeting and you're spreading the message, you're helping people's voices pass. And with that, I am going to end this podcast. I am sending so much love to the Roma people in Eastern Europe and especially in Italy right now. I am sending love to my sisters in Iran. I'm sending love to the people in Florida. They are dealing with a horrific um Hurricane Ian right now. Everybody except for Ron DeSantis, if he would just walk into the eye of the hurricane. Anyway, much love to the innocent people of Florida who do nothing wrong and mind their business. Much love to my Iranian sisters and much love to my Roman people in Eastern Europe. I will be back with another podcast episode, if not next week, the week afterward. Don't quote me. I'm still trying to get my trying to get my flow to a lot of things 
with the podcast now that I am bringing us back up. Love you all. Make sure you subscribe and you rate and you share with your friends. If you have any kind of idea that you want me to talk about or you want to chat with me about, please feel free to DM me on all of the social medias. It is the word five, the number 12, and then studio. Slide into my DMs. You can also do 512studio at gmail.com. That's a good way. Just put podcast episode in the subject line or put something that's not going to go to spam. And that's it, good friends. I will talk with you guys much, much later. Love you. Mean it. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. I said that I was going to post last Friday, but I think I'm going to move around some dates. Again, bear with me growing pains, shifting things, etc, etc. If you follow me on Instagram, which is the word five, the number 12, and then studio all together, and exactly where I am on all other formats, you may have seen that I was going to do a post about Kim Kardashian and the rest of the Kardashians' uh, take on body image and how they affect society. And I was really working on that episode. And then Kanye West, Yee, Yeezy, whatever the hell his name is. Now, he decided to be himself. And of course, it never is just a short little bit. It is always something a lot more and a lot more controversial. And this is to the point that I couldn't have this be on an episode with the Kardashians or the Kardashians because... It is my opinion that people have blamed Kim and the rest of the family for Yee, Yeezy, Kanye, whatever downfall. And I think that is actually highly unfair considering that Kanye does have a mental illness and that's still not a reason for his actions. But if he's not taking care of himself and not trying to get treatment, Kim can only do so much, and I think it was very right, especially for the sake of her children, to divorce Kanye. Now, that being said, I am highly pissed off that I have to take up with him because I do not like him, and it has nothing to do with things she's done in her past to get to her fame. I actually don't hate on that. That's going to be discussed in another episode that I will also drop out this week because, honestly, I hate waiting to do like two parters or whatever of an episode. So that being said, I want to do a little warning up top and say this. There will be talk of anti-Semitism. There will be talk of probably homophobia. There's definitely talk about mental illness. And I'm putting that trigger there because I just want to be careful to put all the triggers out there that are needed. And um yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's all I can really say. I would do a whole wrap-up of what I'm watching on reality TV, but honestly, one, it's not that important with all of this, and two, nothing really happened that's worth the recap. So if you're on Instagram, I did a get ready with me about the latest episode of, or maybe two episodes ago, of Sister Wives. You can watch that there. It's not a fan. You know what? I'm not going to say nothing. 
I'm not gonna say anything negative about myself. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. And it's regular schmagular and it's great anyway. So if you want to do some pop culture stuff, we can take it to Instagram. I will probably bring it back in a couple of episodes. I'm still reformatting exactly how I'm going to do things for 2023, but I'm just talking with y'all and I like using my podcast as a way to reach my friends that I haven't seen in what, two, three years because life and the pandemic and everybody's lives have shifted and changed. So anyway, here we are. Let's, uh, let's get on it. So as we know, Kanye has had a bit of a roller coaster ride in the industry for, for quite a bit. Now, some could say that in 2009, when he interrupted Taylor Swift, when she won Best Female video for, oh my God, I totally forgot the name of the song that she won for. So we're going to pause and then I'm going to not keep this in here. That's what I thought. Okay. So in 2009, Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift giving a uh, giving a speech for best female video. Uh, for the video, You Belong With Me, that beat out Beyonce single ladies. Now, I love both, but it is my truth that single ladies is always going to be a cultural phenomenon, okay? It is a great song. It's a great video. It's basic, and I say that, of course, as a positive, but it's got really great choreography. It's got memorable choreography. Like, it's the making of a great female uh, pop video, but you know what? You Belong With Me also has its place in pop music, and Taylor Swift really did do that crossover with country to pop that we haven't really seen since Shania Twain, so whatever. Let's not act like we weren't walking around singing You Belong With Me and Single Ladies, but I do believe that Single Ladies should have won. Not to the point that Kanye got up on stage and interrupted her speech, but as classy as Beyonce is, first she looks horrified. Then when she won, I believe she won video of the year. Don't quote me on that. She invited Taylor to come on stage and do her acceptance speech. So you know what? Women supporting women. We stand. Thank you very much. Also, by the time this comes out, we will be in the week of Taylor releasing her new album. And I am super excited as well. Just like I was excited about Beyonce. Continuing. So the single Pink tweeted that Kanye West is an asshole. And when I tell you that that tweet aged greatly, it chef's kiss. I would like to say, me personally, I was a fan of Kanye. I loved his first album. I loved a lot of his other albums. They were really great. Um, I had a little bit of empathy for him. And I don't know if it's necessarily because as, as Kanye's behavior started to shift or change um that that was also around the time that we saw visually black men and police you know and the whole target about this and that whatever the case is um 
I I was 100% behind him when he said George Bush does not like black people. Go look up documentaries about Hurricane Katrina. I understood exactly where he came from. By the by, I was in a room full of white people when he said that live, and I was like, huh? I mean, and I was at Baylor, so that's that's just, but that's a whole other story for later. Anyway, when he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he was going kind of on this kind of nonsense rant, I watched it a couple of times and I was like, I kind of see what he's saying. Now, again, he wasn't being the anti-Semitic asshole that he was now. And I'm going to put an asterisk in this and say, listen, I don't 100% follow Kanye. Okay, like I don't, I don't know his every move. I don't know his every interview. I, I don't stand Kanye, but I liked him. Okay, I just want to get that out. So if he said anything in that point that made me, ra- that would make you raise an eyebrow, I honestly wasn't aware of it, and I can apologize for not being aware of it. That being said, I feel like me personally, I'm speaking from a place of like, I actually did give this guy some chances. I'm not someone just hating on him. And not that I need to explain myself. I think it's cool if you never liked him. I didn't think you were racist because you didn't like him. I didn't think anything was wrong with you because you didn't. I understand that the attitude could change how you felt about somebody's music. I thought he had great music. I thought it was cool that he wanted to experiment with his rap, uh, with his rap music. Like, for me personally, I liked that as as an artist. Do I think he was this big genius? Eh, I don't know. I thought he was creative in his field, and I thought that he was doing something a little bit different. And then I realized sometime later that he was stealing from T-Pain. So my bad, T-Pain. That credit should be going to you. That being said, um, I know his mother died. His mother died from complications during plastic surgery. And I feel like, okay, he was carrying guilt from that. And so he was having this, I think he was having this struggle. And I can't imagine being close to your mom. I'm close to my mom. And you're like, look, if you want this plastic surgery or that plastic surgery, go ahead. I got you. No problem. And you're setting, you've set her up. And then, you know, she dies and you kind of feel guilty about that. I feel like if my mom died and I was in that situation, that it would impact me the rest of my life. And I deal with mental health issues. I don't deal with bipolar, but I do uh, deal with mental health issues. So I understand, right? So I was also coming off of that angle, but there was some understanding about that. But, but, but then it just got worse. And then it's like, okay, you can't, for me personally, I was like, okay, I can't defend him that much longer. Like the fact that he was trying to make himself be God and all this other stuff, it was like, okay, well, all right, Kanye, I'm done. I'm out. I, I'm out of this group text, okay? I don't want to be part of it. When he started dating Kim, like I said, I have my issues with the Kardashians, but we'll be in another podcast episode, but I, I knew the egotistical madness of Kim and Kanye, Kim, Ye, whatever their names were, it's just... It was just a lot. It was just so much to deal with. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. Peace out. I'm done. I don't want to see a lot. Personally, I didn't follow a lot of it. I remember when Kim was pregnant and she had some complications. I want to say she had preeclampsia at one point uh, when she was pregnant with North. And so, you know, there's North, Saint, West, East, 
Starlight, Dakota, Chicago, Illinois. I forgot the rest of these kids' names. Anyway, they were born. And she has these three lovely, beautiful kids. I'm not shading the kids. I'm just merely mentioning that there were kids. And it seems as though, it seems as though something really flipped when the kids were born. And I'm not 100% sure what it is. Because I feel like when people become parents, there's some adjusting of Course. And there is some, especially like chemically, emotionally, there's definitely a biological shift that happens when you have kids. So I'm not saying that there shouldn't be or there wouldn't be, but I also feel as though for the most part in general, when you're wanting children and then you have the children that you want, so I'm applying it to this particular scenario, that you would want to be better and you would try to, especially when you have the means at your disposal, to be the best that you can be as a parent for the kids, right? I don't really know what happened to the downfall in their relationship. It's come out that Kanye has always said some kind of backhanded things to Kim. When Kim was on SNL and she she kissed Pete Davidson, which we'll talk about in a second, on SNL, this is all from reading. Um, like, I just skimmed this two hours ago, so don't think that I've been keeping up on it, um, that he left off. Like, it just seems as though Kanye was a very possessive and very controlling. Now, before all the SNL stuff, before the divorce stuff came out, um, the, the three kids were born, but it came out publicly, and I believe he talks about it on The Breakfast Club, that he was bipolar. Now, I don't think anybody that has been watching Kanye would be shocked by the fact that he was bipolar. Um, I think, and I believe that, and I can't remember if this was hearsay or if this actually happened, that they were trying to take Kanye to kind of like a, a not a camp, but trying to take him a little bit more into the country in Wyoming, so that he can just kind of rest his mind, focus on himself, and get some treatment. He decided to leave. And then it was around him that the divorce rumors kind of flared up, et cetera, et cetera. The thing, the thing is, and this is my opinion, as someone that deals with depression and anxiety and ADHD and PTSD, I understand the resistance to medication. And just to kind of think about COVID and the vaccine, I understand the hesitation with the Black community and medical treatments because it's not, this has not been a bumpy road, you know, like look up Tuskegee Airmen and you look up all of these other different situations with the birth control and the women in Guatemala and they have been Puerto Rico, but there's different scenarios where the American medical system has really did people of color so wrong um, when it comes to science and medicine, and they do it now. So, uh, you know, women of color have the highest percentages of death or chances of death during childbirth. So, you know, listen, we don't go hand in hand. We're not besties skipping in a meadow when it comes to medication. I understand if somebody doesn't want to take medication for whatever they're dealing with. 
I remember Ariana Grande saying that she didn't want to deal with medication to treat her depression or her PTSD from the Manchester bombing that happened at her concert. But she took time away from the spotlight and she did this brain scanning business, whatever it is that she can afford to do. She sought treatment, she sought help, and you know, she's been dealing with it day to day. I'm not saying she's perfect. I don't know if she's been putting on a perfect face, but it it would seem like if you're looking at her that she's she's able to handle whatever it is better than she was when it first happened. Look, I can't imagine going on tour after something like that happened. So kudos to her from what we've seen um, in the public eye. But that being said, Kanye has has access to all of this different type of treatments, even if it's not medical treatments, you can go non-traditional treatments and you have access to it. And I just don't understand not doing it. I don't understand just saying no. So then Kanye decided that he was going to run for 2020, um, for president 2020 or something. He didn't get enough votes, whatever. And then he started talking about how he was pro-life and how he was upset that Kim had gotten an abortion at one point. And we weren't supposed to know that. Um, Kim was not happy that that information came out. And I understand. I mean, if I, your body, your choice, it's also your medical business that you need to keep quiet. Again, I hate that I have to defend Kim Kardashian, but good God. So, (laughs) you know, she, that was her choice. And she probably did it for health reasons. I don't know for sure. I don't care. I don't think you need to have a traumatic event to have an abortion, by the way. But I'm just saying that knowing that she's dealt with health issues during her pregnancies, I believe, if I remember correctly, she said she had to do it for health reasons, which makes sense. And so, you know, first of all, kind of just randomly saying that information out loud is just not good at all and he just had this he just had this kind of breakdown that wasn't healthy and i personally didn't laugh at it um i know some people did but you know you just see this man unraveling and i do especially when it comes to mental health want to help the people that are unraveling like i have empathy for the people that are unraveling um because your brain is an organ and sometimes you have control over it and sometimes you don't and the chemical makeup can go really wonky and I don't know the type of bipolar that Kanye has it's not really my business what kind he has but nonetheless you can tell that there was some kind of manic episode that was happening with with Kanye during this time and I will have to say that I got to give credit where credit's due that Kanye, I mean, not Kanye, that Kim really, really, really tried to be supportive as she could. And she did that for the sake of her three children. Now, granted, she has a great situation. I'd say great situation. Great's not the right word. She has a situation where, you know, she has a whole family and she could hire a nanny. You know what I mean? Like, she has people that can help take care of her and be hands-on with with her kids and stuff like that. But for whatever I have criticized, you know, about the family, I don't need to keep repeating that. 
I find that Kim is an active mother in their kids' lives. And I can't imagine, again, trying to protect their worlds. You know, kids are so innocent, but, you know, I know North can pick up on what's going on. North is not that young where she will forget all of this. You know what I mean? So I can't imagine being in that episode and or being in that situation and trying to protect your kids, you know. And according to Wikipedia, North is nine years old. Nine is a pretty, I mean, that's a that's an age where you can remember things. And of course, everything's online. So it's not like she can't Google what's happening. The girl is smart. And also North is a very talented artist. Anyway, going back to bipolar, I am right now looking at the Mayo Clinic's website. And this is their overview about bipolar disorder. I am not an expert in mental health. I am not a doctor. I'm not a health professional. I am trying to make sure I reach out to reliable sources when talking about this. So I just want to make that disclaimer as well. And this is not going to be a podcast about bipolar disorder because I don't have that information and I don't have the guest to correct me when I'm wrong. So according to the Mayo Clinic website, this is mayoclinic.org, Bipolar, formerly called manic depression, is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, which is uh, described as mania or hypomania, and lows, which is depression. When you become depressed, you may feel sad or hopeless and lose interest or pleasure in most activities. When your mood shifts to mania or hypomania, which is the less extreme than mania, you may feel euphoric, full of energy, or unusually irritable, uh, or, or feel unusually irritable. These mood swings can affect sleep, energy, activity, judgment, behavior, and the ability to think clearly. Episodes of mood swings may, uh, may occur rarely or multiple times a year. While most people will experience some emotional symptoms between episodes, some may not experience any. Although bipolar disorder is a lifelong condition, you can manage your mood swings and other symptoms by following a treatment plan. In most cases, bipolar is treated, I'm sorry, bipolar disorder is treated with medications and psychological counseling psychotherapy. So again, that's just a very broad overview. There are four types of bipolar, which I'll also go through quickly. So bipolar one disorder is, um, it's, I'm going to read exactly what they have on the thing and I'll try to summarize live. Bipolar one disorder says, uh, according to them, says you've had at least one manic episode that may be preceded or followed by hypomanic or major depressive episodes. In some cases, mania may trigger or uh, trigger a break from reality. So, so like psychosis. Bipolar 2 disorder. They've said you've had at least one major depressive episode and at least one hypomanic episode, but you've never had a manic episode. And then cyclothymic disorder. You've had at least two years or one year in children and teenagers of many periods of hypomania symptoms and periods of depressive symptoms though less severe than major depression. And then there are other types 
that include, for example, bipolar and related disorders induced by certain drugs or alcohol or due to um, a medical condition, such as Cushing's disease, multiple sclerosis, or a stroke. So there's, that's, that's that in a nutshell. And again, I will link the article from the Mayo Clinic about bipolar disorder, but that's a little bit about what it is. I'm not sure the type that Kanye has. I am not going to speculate about the type that Kanye has, but that's just a very soft overview of what bipolar disorder is. <clears throat> so what brings me here? <sighs> okay. So Kanye has had a clothing line and he's also had a shoe line, Yeezys. They are kind of like a mix between I don't know, Adidas sneakers and Balenciaga fashion athletic shoes, I guess. He partnered with Adidas, by the way, kind of important in a minute, to help produce this line. He's also had collaborations with Gap and Balenciaga. Um, funny, the name keeps coming up. And <laughs> here we go. So Monday, October 3rd, during Paris Fashion Week, the rapper sparked a controversy by debuting a t-shirt that read, White Lives Matter. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what I mean by White Lives Matter because it is a play on Black Lives Matter. Now, for those of you coming in here and not listening to any of the episodes that I did before this, let me just summarize. That Black Lives Matter does not mean only Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter mean Black Lives Matter too. It really started to hype up during Ferguson um, when Michael Brown was killed for either jaywalking or stealing cigarillos from a convenience store. It, you know, the stories have changed, but his life is no longer on this earth. And it was handled in a way that we did not see handled with, oh, I don't know, Dylan Roof, who killed nine people who happened to be Black in a Baptist church. You know, they took him to Burger King to see if he needed something, if he was hungry. You know, he came, they brought him in alive. So when we say Black Lives Matter, it never means Black Lives Matter only. It means Black Lives Matter too. And you have people who don't care to understand what that means by saying, well, all lives matter. And so on this, Kanye is saying, white lives matter. And he's posing with none other than matted carpet edges, political pundit, Candace Owens. Now, Clarissa, don't make fun of her edges. No, I'm making fun of her edges. Because first of all, she talks about Harry Styles. And we all know, we don't talk about my son, Harry Albertson son, uh, Styles, okay? Now, that's not his middle name, but that's his middle name today. Second of all, she is one of these people who, because she's Black and married to a white person who is a conservative British political pundit, that... Oh, I'm not going to act like all the other Black people who want to say Black lives matter. And it, it, it's a ploy. It's a, it's, it's a tension. She doesn't believe these things. Um, if you're screaming she's an Uncle Tom, she's not. So Uncle Tom is not used in the way that we used to think Uncle Tom is used. And that will be in our Black History episode because I am very fascinated by something I found out this year. That being said, Candace Owens and Kanye West 
uh, at his fashion show or at the Balenciaga fashion show wearing shorts that say White Lives Matter. And she is just so excited with her broken uh with her broken ends stripped into a ponytail stripped but like pulled back into a ponytail with her hair barely hanging on her overly chemically processed edges anyway so then after that event um p diddy diddy puff daddy etc calls out uh kanye west on instagram and after he, after, what I'm trying to say, after he was trying to defend his actions, he being Kanye West on The Breakfast Club, rapper P. Diddy uh, took to Instagram to make it abundantly clear. While he supports West, he does not approve of the White Lives Matter t-shirt. He said, do not wear the shirt, don't buy the t-shirt, don't play with the shirt, uh, Combs said in a video, it's not a joke. So there we are. Next, <laughs> Adidas decides that they are finally going to reevaluate their relationship with Kanye West. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Adidas collaborated with Kanye West for his fashion line, Yeezy, said that they were think rethinking the relationship with him following the t-shirt design. They've said, quote, after repeated efforts to privately resolve the situation, we have taken the decision to place the partnership under review, uh, the, co the company wrote in a statement. We will continue to co-manage the current product during this period. This is also a time too that Kanye decided that he was going to like, he was leaving the gap and he was done with Facebook and he called out Mark Zuckerberg and it was like, Kanye just, Go eat a burger. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you at this point. Like, okay, whatever. So then he goes on Tucker Carlson to defend himself. Now, I don't mention Tucker Carlson because I don't like him. Tucker Carlson looks like what happens after I eat gluten when I know good and gosh darn well I shouldn't be eating gluten. So why would I like to watch my mistakes on Fox News is, you know, that's never going to happen. I also just don't watch Fox News. Uh, the Swanson heir, because that's what he is, interviewed Kanye West. And before I continue on with that, I would also like to make a note that I find it funny. And it's not really funny, but I find it funny that all of a sudden, conservatives went from hating Kanye because he called out George Bush not helping Black people during Hurricane Katrina to loving him because he put out a quote-unquote gospel album and he has this thing called Sunday Service where he allegedly sings about God. And I'm saying all of that because this man is no Kirk Franklin, okay? This man is not singing stomp with a whole choir behind him. I mean, yes, he has a choir, but Kanye is doing this as self-serving. His past two albums, he called himself God. So now he has a thing called Sunday Service, and y'all all of a sudden believe that he's a Christian? This man is starting a cult. And let me tell you how I know he's starting a cult. He's wearing aviators, okay? Jim Jones, 
were aviators. David Koresh were aviators. Both of them claimed to be Christian. Both of them started cults. I'm just saying, okay? But anyway, now the conservatives love him because he mentioned God. And it's just like, y'all are the biggest hypocrites. And you wonder why people are leaving the church. We leave it because we can't stand this, okay? We can't, this is, this is obnoxious. So anyway, Fox News opened up their musty arms and welcomed Kanye in with a big old hug and an interview. And in this interview with Tucker Carlson, he says that uh, he claimed that his life had been threatened while wearing the shirt. Actually, no, it, it probably wasn't. Um, people called you out, but probably not, uh, you know, no one threatened you. He then likes to talk about Lizzo and said that she was promoting unhealthily. I'm going to say this right now with all of my full anger that I have in my chest. Stop talking about Lizzo and her weight. You know who y'all didn't talk about when it came to weight and, and healthiness? Big Pun, Fat Joe, what's that Punisher guy, Rick Ross, DJ Khaled. Y'all need to talk about them and their health. Y'all let them walk around on the stage exposing their bellies looking like Santa Claus. And that's fine. I'm not saying you have to be a certain way to keep your shirt off, but these people were walking around with their shirts off, sweating and grunting and stuff on co- at a concert. Y'all didn't say nothing about their health, but then Lizzo comes on stage twerking, playing the flute and singing lies and dancing for two, three hours. You gonna say that she is unhealthy? Ugh! The hypocrisy, the misogynoir, the misogyny, it is all disgusting and I am sick and tired of you people coming after my girl because she loves herself. Get on with that. Anyway, so in the interview, the rapper said, when Lizzo loses 10 pounds and announces it, the bots, they attack, uh, they attack her because the media wants to put out a perception that being overweight is the new goal when it's actually unhealthy, he says. It's actually clinically unhealthy. And for people to promote that, that's demonic. Okay, first of all, it's not demonic. Second of all, Kanye, I'm not fat shaming because I too am a curvy big girl, but Kanye, you're shaped like a mountain of cigarette ash. I mean, that's not to talk about anybody's weight until you get a six pack. And even so, don't talk about nobody's weight, okay? Kanye, you are not looking together, okay? Let's not. Lizzo was out here touring, minding her business, being Grammy nominated and, and winning, okay? She's talked about nobody. She's including everybody, but y'all got something to say about her? Ugh, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm sick. And I tell y'all, I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired. He also suggested that the gap knew about Uvalde and that he's like Alex Jones. (sighs) Okay. So Uvalde was the school shooting that was, Uvalde is a city close to San Antonio. That's the school shooting that killed 19 children and about two or three teachers in the elementary school. To this point, 
all of the police department that's in charge of the in that is in the isd has been let go due to their lack of quick actions to protect these kids the story side and i just i can't even i don't know where the gap comes in in all of that um but maybe don't compare yourself also to Alex Jones, considering he has to pay like $900 million to at least six or seven of the family members. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me actually look this up because I want to make sure that I'm telling y'all correctly the exact number. Okay. So Alex Jones, this is as of, this is the 14th. So this is as of yesterday. I am recording this October 15th. 2022. Please hold. 